Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Today's episode of Holy Shift is going to open up a conversation that I believe we must have because we must, if we're going to move with God, we must shift from law unto grace, from self unto spirit, from independence to total dependence and abiding in Him. If we are going to live as who we're meant to be, if we're going to move with God in this time of holy shift. So take a listen. I pray you'll share this with others and uh, help us to get out the message here at Tent Talk. Love you all. This will be a very simple holy shift episode as I was continuing to read in Galatians out of the Message Bible as I've encouraged you to do, I myself am doing. And I thought, wow, sometimes we take an unholy shift and we step backwards and we repel from what God is doing and we go back into what I call a previous atmospheric bondage. This is what happened to Peter. One of the most amazing things to me is that the famous Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless yet I live. But it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And he who gave himself for me, he loved me and gave himself for me. This is who I put my faith in. That is a very loose (laughs) paraphrase of Galatians 2.20. But it's in the context, Paul is the one saying it, but it's in the context of Peter making an unholy shift where he has backed up again into performance, to law, to bondage. And Paul is very concerned about this, and he speaks very openly to Peter about it. And my friends, there's always the opportunity during seasons of holy shift where we're going to decide if we're going to move forward with God, that before we move forward, we sometimes repel backwards. And we shift back into something that God is attempting to bring us out of. And so I just wanted to very simply just read, because one of the reasons I like to read the Message Bible is because it reads um, as a letter. Uh, And so it uh, sometimes I think is a little bit easier to grasp when you just want to catch what's really happening And I also think it's very interesting in these passages of the timing. I did a live event yesterday on my Producers Way Facebook group where I talked about saying yes to the year and how um, truth is a part of that, letting God tag you personally with that truth, then giving God time to bring deep training to you in this time and that the most important thing is time, time, time in the midst of this. When you say yes to God, yes to the next year, yes to the next season. And to realize that, you know, many um, uh, times we think that everything just happened so quickly in Paul's life or Peter's life. No, there was much time uh, going on between them and 
Jesus between them and God. And, and Paul speaks here in Galatians um, very clearly about, you know, it was three years that he spent before he went up to Jerusalem to compare stories with Peter. He says, you know, I got away to Arabia uh, after immediately after my calling. This is towards the end of Galatians 1. He says, immediately after my calling, without consulting anyone around me and without going up to Jerusalem to confer to those who were apostles long before I was, I got away to Arabia. Later I returned to Damascus, but it was three years before I went up to Jerusalem to compare stories with Peter. And then I was there only 15 days. But what days they were. Except for our master's brother, James, I saw no other apostles. I'm telling you the absolute truth in this. Then I began my ministry in the regions of Syria and Cilicia. After all that time and activity, I was still unknown by face among the Christian churches in Judea. There was only this report, quote, that man who once persecuted us is now preaching the very message he used to try to destroy, close quote. Their response was to recognize and worship God because of me. Isn't that amazing? Three years in there goes by. Many times we think, oh, got knocked off his horse. The light came on the road to Damascus. Boom, you know, boom, boom, boom. Paul was Paul. My friends, there was much time going on as he continued to move forward. You see, no one comes into any holy shift or anything without there being much time given to God. And I love that he says, there was much praise and worship and recognition given to God because of me. You see, this oneness, my friends, there's a moving with God, and it brings worship to God. But he says, because of me. But it's because of how God was able to move in Paul, and they moved together, and Paul stayed with him. And there were years, years that went by. And then it says, I went up there for 15 days, and we were together, right? Now watch, this is how Galatians chapter 2 opens. The holy shift continues. Now watch this. Remember now, what is shift? Many small moves that results in a big move of God. There can be seasons of holy shift and unholy shift where I moved backwards. But that's going to be Peter that you're going to hear about. (laughs) Peter is so encouraging, isn't he? But listen to this. The opening two words of Galatians 2. 14 years. Amazing. 14 years after that first visit, Barnabas and I went up to Jerusalem and took Titus with us. I went to clarify with them what had been revealed to me. At that time, I placed before them exactly what I was preaching to the non-Jews. I did this in private with the leaders those held in esteem by the church, so that our concern would not become a controversial public issue marred by ethnic tensions 
exposing my years of work to denigration and endangering my present ministry. Significantly, Titus, non-Jewish though he was, was not required to be circumcised. While we were in conference, we were infiltrated by spies pretending to be Christians who slipped in to find out just how free true Christians are. Their ulterior motive was to reduce us to their brand of servitude. We didn't give them the time of day. We were determined to preserve the truth of the message for you. As for those who were considered important in the church, their reputation doesn't concern me. God isn't impressed with mere appearances, and neither am I. See, I love this. Paul says, God is not impressed with this, therefore, neither am I. This is a part of that oneness. And of course, these leaders were able to add nothing to the message I had been preaching. It was soon evident that God had entrusted me with the same message to the non-Jews as Peter had been preaching to the Jews. Recognizing that my calling had been given by God, James, Peter, and John, the pillars of the church, shook hands with me and Barnabas, assigning us to a ministry to the non-Jews, while they continued to be responsible for reaching out to the Jews. The only additional thing they asked was that we remember the poor, and I was already eager to do that. Later, now here it goes. You're coming into the context of Galatians 2.20. Now listen to this very carefully. Later, when Peter came to Antioch, I had a face-to-face confrontation with him because he was clearly out of line. Here's the situation. Earlier, before certain persons had come from James, Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews. But when that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously pulled back. Unholy shift. (laughs) Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews, but when that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously pulled back and put as much distance as he could manage between himself and his non-Jewish friends. That's how fearful he was of the conservative Jewish clique that's been pushing the old system of circumcision. Unfortunately, the rest of the Jews in the Antioch church joined in that hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was swept along in the charade. But when I saw that they were not maintaining a steady, straight course according to the message, I spoke up to Peter in front of them all. Quote, If you, a Jew, live like a non-Jew when you're not being observed by the watchdogs from Jerusalem, what right do you have to require non-Jews to conform to Jewish customs just to make a favorable impression on your old Jerusalem cronies? Close quote. We Jews know that we have no advantage of birth over non-Jewish sinners. We know very well that we are not set right with God by rule-keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried it. 
and we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. Convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement, we believed in Jesus as the Messiah so that we might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah, not by trying to be good. Have some of you noticed that we are not yet perfect? No great surprise, right? And are you ready to make the accusation that since people like me, who go through Christ in order to get things right with God, aren't perfectly virtuous, Christ must therefore be an accessory to sin? The accusation is frivolous. If I was trying to be good, I would be rebuilding the same old barn that I tore down. I would be acting as a charlatan. What actually took place is this. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion, and I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going to go back on that. Is it not clear to you that to go back to that old, rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God? I refuse to do that, to repudiate God's grace. If a living relationship with God could come by rule-keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. Of course, then right after that, he goes into you crazy Galatians, and then he talks all about the voodoo. Oh, my friends, there's always the opportunity during holy shift for an unholy shift where you begin to walk back into old things, trying to please, throwing off restraint, going into sinful, independent ways, whether they be good or evil, going back and thinking, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm in the grace of God. It's okay. I don't have to keep any rules or regulations. Listen to me carefully, my friends. The life of Christ that you share in is not a life of loose living or performance. It is their life, their way of life. And I'm encouraging you today to stay in holy shift. Don't back up as Peter did. I mean, we all do, right? I mean, and then we go forward again. But what I'm saying is, is that everyone goes through seasons where you're learning but let's learn and then let's stay with him and continue going forward paul was saying i will not go back to an unholy yoke you know recently when i talk with people who are dating and learning to date and learning to 
just to live out their life in relationships with people, married, unmarried, that many times we think, oh, as long as a person proclaims that they're a Christian, then I can be equally yoked. My friends, the yoking is not just someone claims to be a Christian. But are you equally yoked in that? Are you both walking in that same way and depth and understanding and life? Right? Are the people that you are walking with, are they moving forward with God? Uh, just in and of yourself, are you going back into old yokes of slavery purposefully, willfully, knowingly? Is there deception working? Peter was simply going back, Paul said, that uh, was coming out of being fearful. Paul says this is how fearful Peter was, and he pulled back and put as much distance as he could between himself and his non-Jewish friends. Are you putting distance between people, right? Because you're back in something. You're back in something, and whether it's out of fear or just sheer rebellion or, you know, like I have done many, many years ago in willful disobedience. So there's so much here, right? And it's important because there's a place in the scripture that says, let us admonish and warn and encourage each other while today is still today, <laughs> right? My friends, let's not play with things. When it's time to wholly shift forward because God is on the move, don't take an unholy shift and think it's your freedom. Stay with him, my friends. I love you all. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being on the episode with us today. I want to thank all the partners of Nancy McCready Ministries who make Tent Talk Podcast possible. If you are a partner, thank you. If you're not yet a financial partner with us, go to nancymccready.com giving and click the NMM Partner Giving button and become a one-time or monthly recurring partner with us. Any amount is, is definitely appreciated. We value those who make Tent Talk Podcast and all the other discipleship projects of NMM possible. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.